Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. Our guest today, Jimmy Hayes Nelson, aka Coach Jimmy, has been a high-performance business coach for over a decade. Jimmy's unique skill is helping his clients to seamlessly connect their personal stories to their product or service, creating a strong know, like, and trust factor. Using his 20-plus years of experience as a stage and film performer, he has shared his own personal story of being a former 100-pound overweight, three-times college dropout, to a successful entrepreneur to create a seven-figure business and now dedicates his life to helping professionals craft their own stories to attract and impact the lives of their ideal audiences. He's a sought-after keynote speaker, MC, and event host, now honing his expertise as a virtual MC as well. He has dedicated his life to helping people live a life well-crafted. As Coach Jimmy says, create a story, change the world. Jimmy Nelson discusses the power of a story to get an emotional response and the ability to help people get a quick win. Coach Jimmy talks affiliate marketing and the power of community to build each other's business. Jimmy is passionate about personal growth and helping others find the success story within. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining me and jumping on the show today. Of course. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Looking forward to this. Absolutely. So, Obviously, you have, you have, I think you have quite a story. You love story. You love to help people um, figure out their story. I think uh, you and I are definitely aligned in in story has so much value. And so I'd like to just start out with your story and how you got started on Holy your journey. Smokes. Um, yeah, <laughs> my story. You know, I guess, you know, when I was prepping for this, I was thinking about, you know, where this whole thing started. And what's crazy, Robert, is is it kept coming back to it started in the first grade it literally started in the first grade um i'm a texas boy i live in dallas now but i grew up in west texas out in lubbock texas um and in the first grade my elementary school it was murphy elementary uh the entire elementary school was gonna do um like a christmas like presentation for the parents in the school and my first grade class we got picked to do the musical number called too fat for the chimney um, which was a gripping story about how Santa Claus was not going to be able to deliver presents that year because he had gotten too fat for the chimney. And this was like the early eighties, you know, I could age myself a little bit here. Um, and there was no like childhood epidemic, like obesity epidemic. I literally was the fat kid in my class. And when I think about it, I don't know if this is factual, but I think I, I might've been the only kid at least that I knew of that whose parents were divorced at the time. Mm. And I just say that because I just a whole lot of confidence in the first grade fat kid broken home, you know, but I thought, here's my opportunity, like too fat for the chimney. This may be, you know, this may be my starring role. And what they did is they ended up picking my best friend, Justin Martin, to play Santa Claus, who was the skinniest kid in class. They wrapped a bunch of pillows around him and he and all my friends. So the rest of my friends, they put in like 1980s, like aerobic gear, like uh, Jane Fonda, you know headband leg warmers and so all of them go upstage so upstage is like away from the audience it's safe and they're all together and they're literally doing like an aerobic step routine richard simmons style right me uh my granny made me this like onesie feety pajamas with like the feety (laughs) zip up drop bottom in the back and the silly little stocking cap pushed me down to that to the edge of the stage and i had to sing the solo too fat for the chimney and it really was like the when I started terrified, I mean, absolutely terrified, when I opened my mouth and started singing, I got a smile and a nod. And it was the first time I really felt and remember getting a positive emotional response from my peer group. And when I look back, I was like, at where everything went, I was like, I think that's for me was I was home in that spot. I wasn't trying to be some version for you know, mom's house or some version for dad's house, or I just felt at home. Mm. And what's, and what's nuts about that is is going, okay, if I look back and I really feel like what I do now is help, help people, specifically business owners, get an emotional response from their audience, right? Whether that's, 
in building their business or in fundraising or anything else, I look back at that moment. But as I look back at that moment, you know, what's nuts is I think there's times in all of our lives. We, there's that aha moment of, I feel like this is what I'm designed to do, or this is what, this is the, you know, a gift that God's given me. And I probably should do more of this. How often is there like an immediate list of reasons why that will never happen? You know, and I think back for there, it was like, well, Jimmy, you're this fat kid from a broken home. There's probably people with better voices or, and as I got older and really was trying to pursue a career in performing, like we didn't have enough money to take, you know, to go to the schools that I wanted to go to. I just kept coming up with what I had a list of reasons, you know, in my head. And I got really good at explaining away why I wasn't further along in my life or where I was supposed to go. I was like, oh, you don't understand. You don't understand why it's easier for that person because let me explain to you why I'm where I'm at. And it's so funny because I, I was just I was posting about this on Instagram this morning. And I was like, I think so many of us don't look at, at that as we don't look at it as complaining. We're just saying or we're just explaining. And yeah, it's just nuts because I look back and I was really good at justifying and just explaining why. Oh, no, no, no. They're doing better in college because their parents are paying for school and I'm trying to hold down two jobs. And you can't expect me to actually be able to do this and that. Or I just had... You know, I, I really hope I'm not alone in this, but the, I got really good about that. And it really, it probably, it planted what I would consider like this seed of bitterness. And really, I created this victim mentality for me uh, initially. And, uh, you know, it was, it was really frustrating. And to the point where I tried to go to school, every time things weren't working out very well, um, I literally, I physically would move. I went from here in Dallas to a two-year school to the University of Oklahoma I bailed and went to Disney World for two years. I tried to go to school again. And it was like the third time through college. My, I remember my mom picking up the phone and calling me and saying, hey, Jimmy, we see like the stack of letters from, you know, creditors, credit card bills, et cetera. Like, we're really worried about you. We feel like you should move home. And I wanted to, I wanted to bow up and be like, oh, I'm going to trace my dream. And man, she was right. And I just surrendered. So I found myself at 22 years old, 100 pounds overweight, a three-time college dropout, and I moved back in home with my parents. And that was a pretty humbling, humbling move um, on my part. But that that's kind of where things changed, though, because I was here back here in Dallas. I'd stopped pursuing this dream of performing or being that kid on the stage to get an emotional response from people. I was waiting tables here in Dallas. And I remember one particular day, I would start waking up and just figuring like, how do I get to the end of the day? Like there was, I was not looking forward to very much in life by that point. And I got up, was going to get ready to go. I was upstairs at my parents' house, jumped in the shower, got out, wrapped the towel around me. And normally I would scurry past the mirror, you know, hundred pounds overweight. Don't spend a whole lot of time in front of a mirror. And for whatever, man, whatever reason I stopped that day. And I just, I, I didn't respect the person looking back at me. Mm. And I thought, man, who's going to love this? Like, Jimmy, this is your life. Like you're an adult, you're 22 years old. You're not a kid. And, and, and it was the first time I took a hundred percent responsibility for where I was in my life that mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to explain something away. And that's what's, you know, it's not like this coach Jimmy version of me that people know now was like, it, there wasn't this Superman moment where like, oh, all of a sudden that guy like comes, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't He-Man by the power of Grayskull. And I pulled the sword out and lightning <laughs> struck and this dude came out. But man, I look back at that and that, that really was a turning point for me. That That's where at least I was open to uh, doing things some other way. In fact, I have this right here. I keep it on my desk and it, it says, um, are you willing to be willing? Mm -hmm. And up to that point, and what I mean by that, are you willing to be willing to look at something a different way? Are you willing to be willing to be given some feedback? Are you willing to not judge something immediately? And that's, that's kind of where the journey started this, what's now look, you know, I look back and this has been 15, almost 20 years now from that moment to here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been baby steps along the way, but, but I think that was my enough is enough moment. Mm. So good. Obviously you mentioned the, the, you don't understand the, the voice in your head and, and, you know, somebody confronts you and, and, but you don't understand, you know, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. You know, I, yeah. I have I have more problems than everybody else in the rest of the world, and I'm the only one. And we think we're super unique in our issues. We really do. 
Absolutely. I, in fact, I, I think that's going to be the title of a book. Like you don't understand. You don't understand, <laughs> right? That's a bestseller. Cause everybody's like, Oh, this guy gets me, you know, until they open the book and they realize like, yeah, we all understand because we've all said this stuff to ourselves. Cause the voice in our head is the same voice. It, it's not our voice. It's that liar that, that just is trying to hold us back and Absolutely. protect us, right? It's trying to keep us from getting eaten by the lion outside. <laughs> yeah, it really is that caveman brain, right? Because that's what our brain is designed to do is to protect us, but it doesn't always serve us, especially where we are now in life and we aren't running from a saber-toothed tiger anymore, you know? Exactly. Yeah, so so what what did you do next to, to stop that voice <laughs> or change yeah, its story? You know, that's a great question. You know what is really interesting that I found is once there was this shift of, okay, what I've done so far in my life has got me to where I am. And so one of my, you know, one of my favorite quotes is Jim Rohn talks about if things are going to change, you have to change. Right. And this was way before I was ever introduced to Jim Rohn or personal <laughs> development or anything like that. But looking back and what I found was, okay, Jimmy, you want to change You're I maxed out three credit cards. I'm living at home with my parents. I'm like, okay, what, where do I go from here? And just the mindset shift of, okay, what is available? Instead of focusing on all the things that were wrong, what is available? So, you know, when it came to my health, okay, I'm just going to start walking around the block. I, I don't know if I'm going to do a gym yet. I don't have a solution. And what, what I realized was the universe starts showing me things that were already around me as, as tools, things that, that could help me change my situation that I hadn't looked at before. You know, I, I think we've all heard the analogy about how the minute you decide to buy a new car, then you start seeing that car. You're like, did everybody just buy this one? Like, no. It's be and so, you know, when you change that frequency, and so like I said, I was waiting tables here in Dallas, and uh, there was a, a guy that I was working with that I had noticed had, you know, had been losing weight and he was just looking better. And I, you know, it's funny, the the clients I work with, I always tell the women, I said, I, you know, I really envy you guys, ladies, because if you see something a, a fellow female is doing well, y'all y'all are so happy to share like, what's the makeup? What's the hair stuff? How are you losing weight? You look great. And we, I, I didn't, I was going to roll up and be like, yo, Jeremy, you look pretty <laughs> good, looking those good. Jeans, buddy. Like what's going on? You know, it would have served me really well, but that stupid ego gets in the way. But however, I kept watching him and I kept watching him. And I was, so I finally asked one day, I think we're like, we're rolling silverware in the corner. And I'm just like, it's just me and him. And I'm like, all right, man, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm doing these in-home DVDs. And I'm like, nope, I'm out. Like I couldn't, he couldn't get a D out of his mouth. I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not doing your Jane Fonda yoga D. And here's an, okay, so we get this. Okay. We see somebody having success in some area of life that we wish we were. We finally swallow our pride enough to go ask them. What are you doing? And then we immediately tell them, oh, that doesn't work for me. Those things don't work. That thing doesn't work. Or somebody else. I heard that's a scam or that's too expensive. Or like you, all the things we said before. You don't understand. You know, it goes back to you don't understand. <laughs> We're co-writing this book, I swear. Um, and I was like, I was that guy. Like I looked and I was like, okay, this guy's looking better. What are you doing? And so, but this is- At least you didn't say he was using VHS tapes. Well, yeah, you know, it, it wasn't quite that far ago. Um, but however, and I will, and I and I talk to people about this that if they're, you know, maybe they're promoting a product or a service or something, and they hear a no, I was like, you keep doing you because those people that say no, some of them keep watching, and I was one of those guys that I kept watching, and had like let's say, let's say my no had deterred him from continuing to do what was working for him, hmm. he wouldn't have continued to to reap the you know, the benefits of you know, improving his health. And I kept watching and eventually I was like, okay, tell me more. I, I obviously it's working, you know? And uh, for me, it, it was really great. And it was my, I didn't realize it was going to be my, like my entry into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And so my first foray into being a business owner or anything was in the health and fitness industry. And so what I had found was what he was using, uh, were Beachbody DVDs, right? So this was pre-P90X. This is way back. This is like power <laughs> 90 days. But what I liked about it is for somebody like myself who ha didn't have a track, record of, uh, track record of success, who times I would try to go to the gym, I was very intimidated and overwhelmed by that. Hmm. And it was a simple system that I could follow, right? It was literally at the time that was like two DVDs. I was like, I did, I did workout one or workout two. And 
what it did is it got me an easy, quick win. I started seeing some results following something simple. So it wasn't, let me overhaul my life. Let me completely change what I was doing. It's like, let me add one little thing. Notice that there's a difference. Continue to do that and master it, and then add one more piece and add one more piece. And I find that my entire life is this, it's this, you know, it's, it's the, it equals all these little steps. You know, somebody may follow me or look at my, my routine now, you know, follow my Instagram stories. Like, wow, Jimmy's up really early and he does these really hard workouts and he's really into personal development. And I'll like, it seems a bit extreme. And I tell them absolutely. But it's not that I went from the first version of me to this version of me overnight. In fact, you know, coming up on holiday season, I see this over and over and over again when it comes to resolutions, people try to go from zero to 100 and they put this immense amount of pressure on themselves to be perfect. Oh, I don't want to do this if I can't do it hundred percent. And I understand what they mean by that. They think it's a super noble thing. I don't want to start the business until I, it can go hundred percent. I don't want to start the workout program. It's why so many people right now, they're like, Oh no, 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 no. I don't want to start a new workout program or regime in the middle of um, the holidays, because if I can't do it perfectly, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, yeah. You're hiding behind this false nobility. And I love the fact that during the holidays, it, people act like they have a holiday party every night between like <laughs> now and January 31st. You don't. You have like you have like seven days you're going to go to a party. There's a lot of other – and that's what I tell people. I'm like, go enjoy the party and don't feel guilty about it. But what's the other, you know, six weeks? There's a lot of non-party days that you could be doing something also. And I get it because I was – you know, I was the same way. And – you know, and so I started taking these little steps and little by little, I'm seeing some success and changing things to where I'd lost the weight. I started doing theater again back here in Dallas. And that that dream of that first grade little boy started coming back to the point where so, it was so funny. Somebody I was doing a show here in Dallas and somebody asked me, they're like, why aren't you in New York City? And I was like, that's a great question. <laughs> and I was like, it's almost like I needed somebody else to give me permission to think big or dream big or like somebody needed to tell me, hey, Jimmy, it's okay to go try to pursue something that may seem a bit nuts. And I got to thinking about that. And I was like, I, you know, that's a great, I was probably 20, I don't know, 27 by this point, 26, 27 years old. And um, so I moved to New York and I'm like, okay, let's, let's go pursue this thing. And it was while I was in New York, continuing to do these Beachbody programs and stuff that, you know, Beachbody launched their affiliate marketing piece of their thing. They didn't start that way. And so I had a friend go, I mean, you talk about this all the time. You you should probably sell these products. And I told them no. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm not a salesperson. It's so ironic now, right? I literally help people craft stories to get more customers. That's what I do for a living now. But told people, I was like, no, I'm not a, I'm not really a salesperson. I'm a, just an actor. Um, but I, you know, they're like, but you talk about it all the time. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not selling. I'm just talking about it. Obviously, I didn't know that that's what, exactly what I was doing. Um but they're like, oh, you get a discount on this stuff. Okay, great. Broke actor. Let's. But I didn't do anything with the business for a while. And then I got to some events, got around some people that were having some success. And what I realized, this is going to sound funny, but I realized the people that were having success in that business, what encouraged me was seeing their flaws. Once I got to know them, they weren't the fittest person or the smartest person because I used my reasons as well, I'm not going to be good at business. I've dropped out of college three times. I didn't come from a career. I was an actor and all my side jobs were waiting tables or doing coffee demonstrations in, you know, New York City, passing out flyers. I mean, I've had every bad side actor job you can ever imagine. But I got around these people and that's when I was introduced to personal development and this idea of changing the way we think. And when people tell me that people don't change, what I've realized is I can't change someone. Mm but I absolutely am a different animal than the person I used to be. And it was because I had a few people, I, I got plugged into a community, obviously. So that's what was helping. I got plugged into that community. I found some people that believed in me before I believed in myself. So I, I kind of borrowed their confidence. And, you know, it was like this little by little thing. And so I remember having a mentor early on. I thought, okay, I'm going to try to start this business or do something with it. And, I was doing all the things, but nothing was working. And he's like, Jimmy, what are you reading? Or what are you listening to? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, like first thing in the morning. What do you, I was like, number one, I dropped out of college three times. So I don't read a lot. Me and books don't. I was really good in acting class. The other things, the book, eh. He's like, well, what are you listening to? I was like, I, I don't know. I get up. I turn on ESPN. I don't know. The news. I, I, 
He's like, look, I'm going to challenge you to start reading or listening to like 10 minutes of something that's going to feed your mindset once a day. And man, I really pushed back on him. And I was just like, oh, come on. Like that stuff doesn't work. <clears throat> and so finally, again, going back to was I willing to be willing, right? Okay, fine. So, and it was, it wasn't, I need to read a book in a week or I didn't, it was like 10 minutes. So I started a practice that I still do today. And it's this concept. I tell people biggest battle in my life was net was not losing hundred pounds. It was not keeping it off for over a decade. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that about, you know, in one month I'm about to turn 44 years old and I'm in the best shape of my life. And this has stayed off and I'm super proud of all that. But the, the biggest battle is the one I choose. I choose to fight every day with my brain. Mm. I have to attack my mind before my mind attacks me. Mm. Old Jimmy still lives in here and he's still loud and he's still a pain in the butt. And I, I cannot wait to see if it's going to be a good mental day. I can't wait to see if it's going to be a good day and then go forward. So what I started doing and what I it literally still do to this day is right when I wake, I know they tell you don't grab your phone when you first wake up in the morning. I'm going to give you a yeah, but for that, <laughs> literally when I'm laying in bed, like first thing, still dark, grab my phone and I go to, I go to YouTube and now YouTube like gives them to, I've looked so many up, but it's usually this, this like remix of personal development speakers, right? It's some mix of Jim Rohn or Earl Nightingale or Tony Robbins or Gary Vaynerchuk or Mel Robbins or Shalene Johnson or Brendan Bouchard and, you know, name your personal development person. And so, cause what I found was from the moment I woke up to like stumbling into the bathroom and getting dressed, maybe getting ready for my workout and stuff, there was anywhere from like 10 to 30 minutes that morning that I would either spend in silence. And I understand like, I'm not saying meditation, all that stuff, but I, I found in silence, old Jimmy likes to come like yell at me real quick in the morning. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to turn this on. And it's funny, I go to YouTube, but I don't even literally watch the screen half the time. It's just something in the distance that, that is really speaking life into me. And it gives me something else to focus on besides me and myself. And, and so I do that as I prep to move. So for me, it's, it's a mindset physical thing in the morning. Cause that was the other piece at the lowest part of my life. And I think this is applicable for people the last two years. So many of us feel like so much of what's going on in the world is out of our control. And I completely understand that when I was, you know, 100 pound overweight, three time college dropout, living back at home with my family. There's a lot of stuff out of my control there that I really couldn't change. The two things that gave me some certainty that I had absolute control over is what I listened to first thing when I woke up and if I moved my body that day. I was like, look, these are my two wins. If I can do this, I can't control a lot of other things. But I found when I started doing, okay, what, what, what gives me certainty? What gives me some semblance of control? It was those two things. And it was crazy how things started building off of that. Yeah, so good. You mentioned a couple of things in there, like the idea that, you know, when we create a resolution or create a business goal that we want, we want to know 100%. We want to have this, this full on 200 step plan. And, and until you take the first two steps, you don't realize that you wrote out step three through 99 and that's not going to work anyway. <laughs> no, so many people don't get started because they're already thinking about step five before they take step one. And they're thinking, oh, well, if I do this and it's all goes back to assumptions, we are assuming what, you know, I can't start that business because people are going to say X, Y, Z. Oh, I can't start that workout program because it's all assumptions. And, and they're, so and they're usually wrong. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> There's no proof. There's no factual. Even it's like, well, stuff like that's happened before. There is no fact that says because something was the way it was before, that's how it's always going to be. I am a walking example of that. I quit, man, I quit so many things growing up. If I think about like taekwondo and saxophone and guitar and art classes and like as soon as something wasn't fun, boom, Jimmy bailed. And to think now that I have perseverance of being in business for going almost on 20 years the weight hasn't come. Like now I pride myself on being a finisher of things. Right. But that it changed, you know, and it, it changed because I think, I think when people decide to change it's it's where does the pain point get big enough? Les Brown, <laughs> Les Brown tells this great little story about, um, 
there's an old man and his dog sitting out on the porch and, and a little boy walks by and the dog is just sitting there moaning and groaning and moaning and groaning. And the kid goes, Mr. What's wrong with your dog? He's like, oh, he's laying on a nail. And the kid goes, well, why doesn't he move? He goes, oh, it doesn't hurt enough to move. It just hurts enough to moan and groan. <laughs> and I feel like that's where most people at one time, myself included, live. We don't want to do anything about it. We just want to feel really good about and we don't look again. We're going to go back to the very top of this conversation. We don't look at it as complaining. We're just saying, or I'm just explaining. And it's just, it's just a way to hide behind not moving or not doing something. And I, you know, going back to that guy and, and looking in the mirror, I didn't want to be that guy anymore. Hmm. And, and, and we all still slip back. It isn't this like, you know, overnight moment and there's ups and there's downs, but I really, I feel like what I've done is created these little guideposts and tools and stuff around me that I have more progressive days than recessive days, you know? And, 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 you know, and, and, and it's funny because whether I, it's, you know, working with people in the health and fitness industry, as long as I did, or even just working with my clients now and helping them with their stories, so many people, like the minute they have an off day or they fall off the wagon or something goes bad there, they have this idea of, I have to start over. Mm. Right. And what that does is it just builds it up in our head more. So let's think of this as if we were climbing a mountain, you start taking, like you look up, you're like, man, it's way up there, but I'm going to start. And you, so you start taking a few steps and somewhere along the way, like you trip, maybe you sprain an ankle, you fall off the wagon, you land. Now, are you, are you going to voluntarily walk all the way back down the mountain? Or are you just going to make base camp right there, recoup and then go back up? And especially when you stop right there, you could take the opportunity to look behind you and go, wow, I've actually taken quite a few steps here. Hmm. But what we, what we think is, well, if it's not perfect, if it's all or nothing, we're going to start over. And it, specifically if we get a pattern of, I get a few weeks into something and fall off. I get, I get into the holiday season and I binge one night or, you know, I was working on that YouTube channel and I missed a week. God, I got to start all the way over. Then we start thinking, oh, I do this all the time. Week three is where I'm going to goof up. The week three is where I'm going to get hurt. Week three, you know, and so we start, happens. we start this pattern, right? And so the only difference between successful people and non-successful people, in my opinion, or one of the biggest, let's put it this way, is not that successful people don't fall off the wagon or get off track or whatever. It's just that they, when it happens, they acknowledge it. They're okay. And they recorrect and get back on track. And it takes just as much time to fall off the wagon, to feel bad about it, beat yourself up, sulk in the corner, isolate, pull yourself away from whatever support system you pulled yourself into because you're embarrassed. You're like, I need to fix it on my own. You can do all that stuff. Complete waste of time. Or you can take the energy to just humble yourself, say, I goofed up, you know, brush yourself back off. And hopefully you have some kind of support system that goes, look, I messed up. Can you just help me stay on track or whatever? And humble ourselves enough to be like, just own it and then fix it and then go forward. You know, it both at the same time in the inner, both in the same amount of energy, one's just way more rewarding or, you know, beneficial than the other one is. Well, and efficient, right? Because you get caught in that victim mode and all of a sudden it's, it's everybody else's fault, right? You, do, you just don't understand the world is against me. God hates me. I mean, the whole list of things, why it, why it can't work and won't work. And, and, uh, I tried, right. Yeah. Oh, you know. And it's, and it snowballs it, those, those comments, just like complaining, just like inconsistency, it's all habits. And oh, it's yeah. well, the, and James Allen's very clear, right? The thoughts, the yeah. thoughts oh, you yeah. think, plant the seeds in your mind and you can either you can either intentionally plant seeds of positivity and growth or the weeds are going to grow in there and whatever you sow in there is what's going to happen and your thoughts impact everything and we really are what we think about yeah Absolutely. we are what we think about all the time i can't tell you like if i could turn my camera around how many like sticky notes of stuff <laughs> i just keep here to just kind of reset me during the day there's so many times i'm sitting here at my desk and it's frustrating. And I'm like, oh, but, you know, I have things that say that, you know, find something that gives you energy rather than drain your energy. I have literally like big, scary goals right here. I have little goals. I have, you know, your story is communication. Use it every day. Like these things that I'm, I always tell people if I get, especially the people I work with, I'm like, if I get really fired up about something, you're like, man, 
Jimmy's kind of being a jerk about this today. It's probably something I'm dealing with. <laughs> and I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you. I just happened to turn a camera on that day. And I'm like, look, if I'm going to fuss at myself, somebody else is dealing with this also, you know, and, but that's where that, and I always feel like I teach out of the overflow of whatever I'm learning at that time. Mm. And which is great because it also shows us we don't have to be like the ultimate expert on something to add value. We can even be in the midst of the process. We just have to be a couple steps ahead of somebody, right? Like if you and I are reading the same book, oh, well, I can coach you on the book as long as I'm two pages ahead of you. I didn't have to write the book. Absolutely. I just didn't know what's next. And when I look back and I'm like, I'm half, half of what my high school teachers I know did. Like they didn't know that book any better. They just read the <laughs> chapter before, you know? Well, that when we when you were kids, they were only used one book for ten years, so it was the same oh, book right, every absolutely. year. Nowadays, how accurate it was. Nowadays, it's a new book every every half year, and you know that was its own racket in college. Like, oh, 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 really? Use this a brand new book last year, and there's a new edition, so I, you can't buy it back. Gotcha. Need to get into uh, that racket. Absolutely. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Add Value to Life Coaching and their Inner Circle Team Coaching with a new team forming in January. Limited seats are available. Apply during the month of December to be a part of this group coaching program. It can be found at addvalue2life.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So I love this. I mean, just obviously getting the quick wins. You mentioned, you know, in health and fitness, and I think in business, there's a real alignment in the idea of we have these microwave expectations. Is what I call them. That's a right? great. Like, that's a great line. Absolutely. You want to you want to do ten push-ups and jump on the scale and say, "Oh, I lost." No, yeah. nothing. There's happened. all my abs. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that way, and, right? And and in business, it's kind of the same way. We get caught up so much in in checking that that goal, wanting to step on the scale and see the needle move. Yep. That. I like figuring out how can you get quick wins that help you propel you on the, keep you on the, on the trail. Right. And, and, you have to find, and really, I just want to add to that. You have to celebrate the quick wins. You hmm. can't downplay them. Like I had to celebrate. I feel like so many people, they do one of two things. They either never celebrate things. And so even the big goals, when you hit them, never quite feel like the way you thought they would on the other side. And so I feel like that's the things that lead to burnout at times, or you hit the big goal, you celebrate too long and you become kind of a one hit wonder. And so you have to acknowledge these little baby steps uh, along the way. In fact, it's <laughs> okay. So I get this question a lot. So people that follow me on Instagram and a lot of times I'll, I'll show my workouts in the morning and I get done with the set or something. And I had some people message me. They're like, Jimmy, why do you pat your leg? After a set, like little, like just a little, just, I mean, it's, it's mine. It's a little tap. And I just laughed. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, I know exactly why I do it, but it was funny that people noticed it. Right. And, uh, it's one of my favorite stories from Stephen Furtick, who is a pastor of Elevation Church. And so I heard him tell this story one time about how he was playing tennis and he, he talks a lot about how he's really hard on himself and he can be really judgmental of himself. And so he's out playing tennis. And he's getting really frustrated and kind of fussing at himself and yelling at himself. And his his instructor was like, look, these things you do have to work on. He's like, but you realize you you really do have a pretty good forehand just naturally. And you just you never celebrate it. You never like when you hit something well, you really don't acknowledge it. He's like, but you really beat yourself up on the wrong stuff. And he's like, yeah, but it's just that. Or he's like, yeah, it's just the forehand. He's like. And I don't want to be like overly braggadocious. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, but you need to acknowledge it. He's like, we need to give you, he's like, he's like, you know, Tiger has the fist pump. He's like, we just need to give you, you know what? Just slap your leg. Just a little. He's like, when you hit a good shot, don't make a big deal about it. Slap your leg. And, and for whatever reason, that story, again, going back to storytelling, that story really resonated with me. And so I was like, you know what? He's right. Like I should. So people that know me now, They'll see me come off stage after a keynote speech or if an MC gig like I did last week or even in the gym, done with the set, little pat, little. And it's just the reminder of mine. It was like, hey, good job. You showed up today. You know, there's enough other things that I know I'm going to beat myself up about. That it's got to acknowledge going forward or, or you just won't there, you won't gain that momentum. It's just like that mountain story you shared, right? We We get caught up on the, oh, I tripped and slid back and I get back on the trail and I forget the thousands of steps 
that I've already taken that were all perfect getting me up to this point on the trail. Absolutely. And and then we look up at the mountain, we think, oh, I just tripped. Oh, forget it. I'm done. Yeah. Again, <laughs> and we and like because if you stop and look at where you tripped, you let's okay. So let's let's stay with this analogy uh, this analogy for a minute. Let's say you tripped or sprained an ankle because of a certain rock you hit. You wouldn't hit that rock at the bottom of the mountain. Right. You only hit that rock because you started taking steps. And you will hit another one. You just have to be able to pause and go, you know what? I've come a long way. Things are good. Yes, I messed up. And you got to see both. You got to acknowledge the work you've done and acknowledge where you got off track and then self-correct. And I really do feel like part of the magic of that is accountability. And if I go back to think of the old version of me versus this version of me, I was I was not very good at allowing people to hold me accountable hmm. until I really found that group. I guess initially with it, with that, with that Beachbody community of people that it was this mix of believing in me before I believed in myself, but also calling me out a little and saying, Hey, Jimmy, we know there's a better version of you there. Hmm. And when I had to finally, even if it goes back to all my, my acting mentors, vocal coaches, physical trainers, the ones that I've got the most out of was this really weird, just beautiful mix of encouragement but wouldn't let me like rest on my laurels because they saw something great in me. They're like, look, we you're, you know, or here's some natural talent or here's something you kind of do pretty well. But if you just rest on what comes naturally, you're never going to reach the potential that we see in you. And so I realized when people were holding me accountable, it wasn't just to beat me down or to make me feel bad about myself. It's because they saw something in me and didn't want me to settle and never see that version of me as well. And I just had to flip the script on falling in love with the process, not looking at personal development and all these baby steps and personal growth as a chore, but as an opportunity. And so I really, along the way somewhere, I've just fallen in love with this idea of getting 1% better every day. You know, what, what, what can I do to be a little better today than yesterday? And it, we fail at it all the time, but just the idea of you have that opportunity every morning when you wake up. Mm, so good. Well, and the combination, right, of I'm taking 100% responsibility and then I'm open to accountability, right? Getting somebody from an outside voice that can that can see, you know, see what I'm doing, help me with the things that, that I can't see for myself because I'm blind to all the stuff that's, you know, most of the stuff that's happening. I... I equate it to, you know, everybody tells you to get outside of the box, but the instructions to get out of the box are on the outside. Yeah, that's good. And, and until you have somebody that's willing to come alongside you and you know, go on that journey with you, accountability becomes a great thing because it's leading to growth and, and success. And it's not this idea of somebody... I mean, I, I don't know why so many of us think of accountability as our dad just telling you, oh, you did it that way. No, that's not how I wanted it done. Probably because we have some experience like that as, some, <laughs> as a child and we look at it that way. But it really wasn't, a t you know, I remember when I first started just investing in mentorship and coaching, even before I really could afford it, it financially didn't make sense. But it also, I feel like it put my, kind of put my back against the wall that if I'm going to put some money in this thing, even if I was like, I really can't afford this coaching program or I really can't afford this but I was like, well, I better get some results then. And for me, it was it was that idea of buy-in, which I still think applies today. How many people get something free or watch an interview mm -hmm. like this or watch something on YouTube or, you know, somebody's like, oh, I'll just give you access to the course that I bought or something. And like, cool. And then they don't do anything with it because they didn't have any buy-in. Mm -hmm. When I bought that very first Beachbody program, I think at the time it was like a whopping $65 but it might as well have been $6 million to me in my financial situation. You know, it wasn't so much about how much was it. It was how uncomfortable I had to get to like pull the trigger on that. And I'm like, all right, so I just invested in this. Is it going to be a, you know, a doorstop like, or a, you know, a $60 paperweight or am I going to use it as a tool that, and I didn't realize it was going to change. It was going to be the first step in many steps, but it opened the door, you know, to, to use that. And I think we all have things. We either haven't invested in anything and therefore, it's easy to step away from it. It's easy not to do something someday. Or we've invested, we didn't follow through with it. And again, we've created another story in our head of, I never follow through with these things. This is the way this always goes. And and it's it can be a really detrimental uh, kind of spiral at times.
Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that obviously I work with my clients, I assume you work with your clients and, and, and it's not about the, the trauma or drama in their life. It's rewriting those stories to the value and, and finding the value, especially in the past stories yeah. that they're telling themselves about events and, and the value that they bring to the world. Um, and, and so helping people change that story for themselves. So that changes their future possibilities, right. stories, right? Um, obviously you've mentioned mentors a, a few times and, and both of us agree that, that mentors are, are priceless and, and the value is, you know, much greater than the $65 or the, you know, the monthly payment that you might pay somebody. Right. You know, they're, they're multipliers, right? They can, they can exponentially move us, move us forward. How would you encourage someone to, to find a mentor? Wow, that is a great question. You know, I think sometimes it always starts with a mentor from afar. So there's many people that I've considered mentors of mine that I've never met before. <laughs> I mean, like Jim Rohn is no longer with us. And I probably listened to that gentleman more than anybody mm -hmm. else in my morning, you know, my audios and stuff. Um, for me, it's really, uh, there's two things actually I look for in a mentor. I want a mentor who has a mentor. Mm. I want somebody that's continuing to invest in their personal development, their coaching. Um, I think there's a real danger when somebody feels like they've arrived and they're no longer growing. <laughs> um, I truly believe in life. We are getting better or worse. We are growing or dying. There is no treading water. Even if it's tiny, tiny, you know, you go back to, to early, early books. I think the very first, I think I have it here. Hold on. The, right, the very first personal development book I ever well, read was The Slight Edge. Great book. Um, and you could also read Darren Hardy's The Compound Effect. They're kind of the same book. Um, <laughs> but they, they're great concepts. And it's this idea of this, you know, of, of these daily little steps. And so when I'm looking for a mentor, I want somebody that has, I want somebody that has done what I want to do, not just concepts. Hopefully is still in that world somehow. And also continuing to invest in their coaching, mm. you know? And so, um, and sometimes you don't know, you know, I've, I've, I've invested a lot of money in multiple, you know, mentorships or people or events. And I, it's funny. I always get this question of like, well, was it worth it? Oh, I've heard so-and-so about their mentorship. Is it worth it? And yes, I agree that there are different levels of deliverables with people, but I always think I, it's going to be what I get out of it. Oh, absolutely. You know, even if I didn't get the access I thought I was going to to this person or the events weren't quite the same or that event wasn't. And again, it's where are we going to focus? Like, what can I do with this? And how am I going to make this investment um, multiply itself? You know, I just feel like the best investment you can make financially is in yourself, mm. is in your skills. Um, because if everything went away tomorrow, the things that I've learned can't go away, you know? And so I have the skill set to rebuild it. And I think at every time, I think all of us at different times in our lives have had to rebuild or pivot or do something else. And what's crazy is wherever you are now and in investing in, right, it may serve you in your next venture that you don't even know about. So if I, if I think about my entire acting career, which I worked, it wasn't like it was a complete failure, but it didn't go where I thought it was going to go. But I didn't realize what it was doing was prepping me to come alongside business owners and help them get more customers and more clients because I was really good at storytelling because I spent thousands of hidden hours in scene study classes and in front of camera classes. And so when all this stuff moved to social media and I was building my health and fitness business, it really took off for me. And I really had to, I had to credit my dad because my dad was watching what I was doing. He's like, and he's, in, he's been in real estate for over 30 years. And he's like, hey, can you come teach my agents what you do? And I'm like, they want to lose weight? And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, they probably need to. He's like, but that's not what I'm talking about. He said, um, he said, Jimmy, you do a really good job like on social media. He's like, you never really talk about your products or your service or your supplements or all that stuff. He said, but people constantly want to work with you. And I had to, like, I was way too close to what I was doing. It wasn't like I was doing it strategically. And so I stopped and I was like, oh, I was like, I know exactly what I'm doing. And I was like, I'm just telling a story. You know, and the more I started studying that and working with other people and, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of other people that, that teach similar concepts, but it allowed me to go, oh, that, 
that season of my life was prepping me for this. Mm. Or there has been mentors that I've learned stuff from years ago that at the time I was like, this, this isn't really helping me, but it helps me later on down. So I just, again, I, I like the fact of investing in yourself, whether it's in some kind of mentorship or group or membership, because it's literally a thousand percent up to you what that investment does, right? It's not like, it's not like a stock that I can't control whether it goes up or down or anything like that. Like I am, again, let's go back to taking full responsibility for things. I am a thousand percent in control what I do with that information or that accountability or that insight by investing in a mentor. Well, it's just like going to a conference, right? You spend a thousand bucks airfare hotel to go to a conference and you could sit in the room and go rah, 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 woo, and get fired up. Or you can be the guy taking notes. You can be the guy in the hallway trying to meet the speaker and, and, and get a little bit of extra. Hey, can I buy you lunch? Okay. And, you know, and it's what you do after that. Because knowledge is not absolutely power. applied knowledge is power. <laughs> absolutely. And we've all we've all I literally I just came off um helping to MC an event for my friend Pete Vargas and Adventure Reach this past week in Platform Live. And that's the conversation we I continue to have with the audience. I was like, look, you have all the knowledge. Nothing's gonna change. <laughs> like it's about putting this stuff into action. It when I, you know, I, I love the fact that I started all this in fitness, because I do feel like fitness is an analogy for so many things in life. Oh, absolutely. And what I told the people I used to work with, I was like, I can't come do the pushups for you. If I come to your house and do the pushups <laughs> for you, I just get stronger, right. right? Like I can't do this for you. You know, I, I can't, I can't guarantee the outcome. I can only guarantee an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can give you, you know, I can show you what I did. It's up to you to follow through. Now, I'm going to be here to both root you on and kick you in the pants every once in a while you need to with your permission. And that's, that's, that was the other hard lesson I think I learned is accountability without getting the permission from somebody else for accountability doesn't work either. And yep. at any time, I used to have this conversation with the people, you know, people that I would mentor and they would kind of get off path. And I would be like, look, you know, you told me you wanted to do this for X, Y, Z reasons. Is that still the case? Because the minute I want this for you more than you want this for you, it's bad math. And, and it, it happens so often because I literally, and I still, every client I ever work with, I want them to just have, you know, most mind-blowing results. Absolutely. I can't want it more for them than they want it because I can't do the work for them, you know? Right. And the minute, yeah. And I know you're in business for the same reason. You want to see them get results. And the minute they're not getting results, I don't want their money because <laughs> no. it's not, that's not a fair exchange of value. And, and, and yeah, if, if you want it more than they do, there's definitely something going on, but asking permission to coach is, is definitely one of those early lessons in, in coaching and working with people, um, not giving advice when it's not wanted Yeah, <laughs> or, oh, or when it won't in be the applied fitness industry. Well, in, in brain space too, like I know <laughs> business, I can tell you how to, I can tell you how to fix your business, but you need to make the decision. Do you want to hear, you know, right. what, what you need to do? You mentioned obviously personal growth and success and fitness are kind of the same, that same journey, right? It's, it's really a pathway. There is no destination. And yet in business and success, we feel like, you know, there's this idea that you can make it right. You can, you can yeah. get to this destination and, you mentioned it in coaching. I don't want a coach that feels like he's he's gotten there mm -hmm. <laughs> or she's gotten there. Yeah. It's uh it's recognizing that we're on this journey and and that opportunity to grow ourselves, to grow our business, to to get that extra one percent each day is just for me, that's motivating, right? Like that's a that's an exciting thing that there is there is no upper end, there is no upper limit to to my ability to grow as a person. Um, to my ability to take better care of my body mm -hmm. or my ability to, to grow in serving others. I think, you know, I had a, I had a mentor early on that I was very thankful. She said, she's like, Jimmy, if she's like set goals, you know, go sprint your face off to go get them. But if you think on the other side of whatever this milestone is, you get to put it in cruise control and then everything, you know, takes care of itself. She's like, it, it it's just not true. She's like, and I don't tell you that to discourage you. I don't want you to be disappointed on the other side of this income goal or this weight loss goal or this, you know, organization goal or whatever it is. And this, it goes back to the pat your leg. 
I <laughs> truly believe in set a specific goal, work your face off to get it, get on the other side, take a moment to look where you are on the mountain, celebrate, and then you got to set the next thing. Mm. And, and it really is true. And I had, a, I had an acting mentor that said, Jimmy, at some point, you have to learn to fall in love with the performance more. No, take that back. You have to learn to fall in love with the process more than you learn to love the performance. Mm. And he's like, if you only love this when you're in front of an audience, there's just not that many moments. In fact, another one of my favorite books is um, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster by Darren Hardy. And he talks about, he's like, when you look at Bono or Oprah and he lists a bunch of people, he's like, the stuff that we see them do that they're awesome at and they probably love is probably 2% of all of their time. And so somewhere along the way, you've got to fall in love with the rest of this stuff to be able to, you know, I just spent three days on a stage. I love that, man. There's no, that's, it's home base for me. But if I'm only happy on the days I get to get on a stage and I can't fall in love with the rest of the process somewhere, I'm going to be unhappy and unfulfilled lots of days. There's something where I have to fall in love with the process and know that even, you know, hey, here's my big mountain. There's, you know, there's going to be another mountain on the other side. You, there's always a new horizon. And again, I do not say that to discourage anyone. It's this idea of it's almost more exciting because you get to something you're like, if I could just get here, I've done this. I don't know how many times I've done this financially. If I could only make this, everything else is on cruise control. And you get there and you realize there's next levels or you realize your spending habits change or you realize <laughs> you find things to do with that money. You know, you think I'll never worry about money again if I could just make bleh a week. Um <laughs> You find lots of things to do with that money if you're not smart. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, somewhere along the way, like falling in love with the process. And and, and I, I, guess, I guess I'll kind of, you know, put a bow on it with this. I had I was on a podcast last week and somebody said, Jimmy, so Jimmy, tell me, why do you feel like, you know, you never put the weight back on or never regressed or whatever? And I said, he's like, so what's next? He's like, what are you still wanting to do? And I said, you know what? That's a great question. I said, again, using fitness as an analogy. Most of the people that I work with or worked with were trying to recapture some former version of themselves. Mm. They were trying to be the athlete they were in high school or, you know, completely fit in college. And what was different is back then, specifically with athletes, they could go back and let's say they could eat whatever they wanted to because they were athletes and they were just living on top of the world. And so they weren't living with the consequences of some of their decisions. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, lived my entire young life staring at the consequences of my actions. And so I'm never trying to recapture some former version of myself. I am continuing to chase some version of myself that I don't know that's there. It's what's the potential? What could I do? And that part excites me. It really does excite me about who is this, who's the next level of Jimmy, you know? So this is me at 43. What, what is 44 year old Jimmy? And where, and, and every once in a while, it's these small incremental steps, but every few years or every few, there's these times in life when all of a sudden it's like that hockey stick thing and you, you jump and shock yourself. Like this momentum takes over. And I think that's what keeps me rolling. Nice. So that kind of leads to what, what inspires Jimmy? You know, now it, it really is pouring into other people. I really do feel like I'm the most alive when I am speaking life into somebody, pouring into somebody, helping be that guide on the other side of, I, I was met one-on-one -on -one with a client last night who is in the real estate space and he's building a really successful team and he has a lot of, he has a lot of success, but he's like, there's this, he goes, I know there's this other level. And to come alongside somebody and say, cool, let's develop the story to create that. Let's go to develop a plan to do that. Um, I love that. You know, I think that, that, I think that's what motivates me is helping people write this next chapter of their story or rewrite their story, you know, and, and it's this idea of we, let's create a life well-crafted. You know, I just feel like the story's not over. As long as we're waking up every morning, the book isn't done. The story's not over. And to help people craft those stories, um, that really is what inspires me. Mm, I love that a life well-crafted. Um, I mean, obviously that leads to the whole idea of a, what a future story can do and the power of creating your own, your own life, right? Building your yeah. business or, or, life around the lifestyle that you want to have. So powerful. So what do you love to do in your free time? This time of year, football takes up way too much of my life, um, specifically going to. So I'm a Cowboy season ticket holder. So, so far, so good this year. 
Um, but I've taken except for, that, except for that Dave game with those those guys from Colorado. Yeah, yeah, y- y'all's pesky Denver Broncos. I was at that thing. That was pretty humbling. So nice to see things bounce back last week um, while I was gone. Um, but I definitely do. Like I've taken a couple sports trips. Um, my brother and I went to Boston a few weeks ago for the Patriots Cowboys game. Um, so I like to take these destination sports trips. They're a lot of fun. You go see a city. Um, you know, obviously, I'm just always looking for new ways to challenge myself physically. I'm still very involved in the beach body community, but doing other things, running half marathons. I've got a CrossFit coach that tries to kill me every week. Um, <laughs> and I pay him for that. It's really yep. a weird sadistic relationship. Um, and so it's this idea of like, what else is possible? I, I want to get on more stages. I want to get in front of people. You know, it's, it's, there's times I stop and I pinch myself and I'm like, wow, this is really my life. This is really great. And then it's like, okay, where am I settling? Where else can I continue to, you know, what, what else is possible? And it really is this balance of being completely grateful and content, but knowing if I continue to grow, if I continue to challenge myself, I can impact more lives. And this is like, you know, the idea of, you know, how, how do you live forever? You grow, you teach somebody the things you know and allow them to teach, and that goes forward. And then there's this idea of legacy where every person I get to sit in front of and really impart to them what I've been so blessed and so many different mentors and people have, have taught into me. Um, yeah, just I, I just love that. That the idea of that every morning gets me very excited. You mentioned you mentioned gratitude in there. Share with me a little bit about how gratitude helps in your mindset and growth. I am so thankful for grace because I I mean I make a lot of mistakes. A lot of it it's it's well intended, and you know sometimes you step your over boundaries and stuff like this. And I just love the opportunity each day. Can I, can I get it 1% more right today? And that idea of gratitude of it's so easy to feel like what we don't have. And I was like, but when you just stop and I I literally use this planner that has me write out three things I'm excited about and three things I'm grateful for every morning. And it really does, you know, set the tone of like, okay, you know, things are really, really good. And, and, and thinking about times in your, I mean, obviously there's always somebody else that has things worse than we do, but go back and think about some time in your life that where you are now, some former version of you wished that they were there and you are, you know, and I think for me, that's where that gratitude piece really does come in. Nice. So good. All right. So what's Jimmy's big dream? Oh my gosh. Which one? You know, I, the I, biggest one. one. <laughs> I, I literally just want to be on some of the biggest stages in the world. You know, it's, it's, internationally, like I, I had an opportunity right before COVID to start speaking internationally and seeing parts of the world that I'd never seen before, meeting different types of people. And I I literally want to just impact as many people to craft a story because this is the deal. We all have a story. Mm. So many of us think it's not big enough or not good enough. Or, oh, Jimmy, I don't, there's times I wish I didn't have a hundred pound weight loss story. Cause it's like, Jimmy, I need your story. And you don't, you really right. don't. It's actually people that have the more ordinary stories that people can relate with. And I just want to help people come along and say, hey, every, you have a story, you have value, <clears throat> you have something that you do naturally, you figured out that somebody else right now is really struggling with. Let me help you craft that story to have that impact. Mm. And that's the, I mean, the dream is the next story that I get to work on, right? Nice. And that's, it's the, it's the next one. And then after that one, it's going to be the next one. And whether that's on a stage in front of thousands of people, or it's at least sitting across the table from a client and saying, cool, let, let's put this into, let's, you know, let's put this in a play and then watching, watching it come to fruition, watching it action on the other side and seeing the impact that it has. Then you just sit back and go, man, that's their story. They get to own that hundred percent. I see the people that they're impacting, but I'm like, I had something to do with that, you know? And so for me, that that's the most rewarding piece of this. Nice. So on that note, you're sitting across from that client to that young entrepreneur and You've just finished your your coffee, your meal, and you want to give them leave them with Jimmy's words of wisdom. Man, fight for yourself. There is a version of you five years from now that wants you to show up today, and wants you to show up on the days you're like, oh, if I just don't play out full out today, it's who it's not going to be a big deal. And you know what? Today may and may not, but it's easy to let a bad day become a bad two days, become a bad week, become a bad month. So we look up like six weeks from now or three months from now or two years from now, like what the hell happened? And it's like, it all went back to 
what if we can just play full out today? You know, and so that's what I would want to impart in them is fall in love with the journey. Go chase something. Don't be scared. Because let's say you try to chase to the top of the mountain and you don't make it, but you make it three quarters of the way up. Mm -hmm. You are still further along chasing that and failing than if you just had stayed at the bottom of the mountain, just looking at the peak. So <laughs> go chase it. Jimmy, thank you so much. What a great conversation. So much wisdom and experience. And I just love that you're sharing your story and helping others figure their story out. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. We have a free gift for you at add value, the number two, entrepreneurs.com. Our Cyber December deals include one-hour coaching slots for only $97. That's a 75% savings. And we're launching new Inner Circle Team Coaching in 2022. Applications are open in December at add value, the number two, life.com. In our next episode, Sean Anthony is a go-getter and shares his story of corporate success, but wanting something different. And when he looked at the podcast world, no one looked like him. He wanted to help others like him find success. So he started Schools Over Now What? The podcast. And he's interviewed successful celebrities and created many successful collaborations.